millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. My guest this week has seen firsthand just how much the transportation landscape has changed over the last 12 months. His name is Anthony Welsh and he's the director of membership-based car sharing service, Popcar, who operate across New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT. Anthony started Popcar in 2016 after seeing where trends in commuting were going and he wanted to give the public more options when it comes to mobility and transport. So he created the business to allow people to rent a commuter vehicle either by the hour or by the day. This year, the business experienced a surge in both the frequency and length of bookings since the COVID period. Melburnians in particular have been flocking to car sharing services, looking for safe alternatives to avoid public transport. As an example, the stage three restrictions in Melbourne led to a 90% fall in people using public transport, from 2 million commuters a day to about 200,000 commuters a day. That means people either walk to work or people turn to car share services just like Popcar. I'm going to ask Anthony why community support for businesses boom with people looking for new ways to commute, how he sees the future of Popcar evolving as Australians think differently about the value of car sharing services, and how important is it to come up with ways and means to economise the use of any asset class by the hour. So let's get into it. Anthony Welsh, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks very much for having me, Mark. Pleasure to be here. Popcar, that's what we're going to be talking about today and we'll be quick description we'll be talking about. So Popcar is a mobility provider, so we provide access to vehicles when people want to use them, uh, in the form that people want to use them, in, in uh, the type of car that people want and people only pay for what they use. Right. So, uh, okay, so like it's a, not car sharing, but it's people sharing a car that you provide, lots of different people and they're only paying for, you know, pay as you use. Yeah, it is a car sharing service. So there are cars, so we own them all. We, yep. we look after them, we maintain them, and a whole bunch of people share a car. It's a new thing, you know, like it's, uh, it's I guess it's a bit like uh, a whole lot of modern smart ways to use excess capacity in a vehicle or a machine or a platform, et cetera. I mean, there's a, there's a massive movement over the last, let's say, 10 years of, um, you know, houses, properties up the coast, cars, there's been a whole movement towards this sort of stuff, um, bikes, sharing bikes. Um, but before I talk about the, you know, what, what Popcar does, and I mean, I, and and then Popcar is obviously a, a fairly new entrant into this sharing of an asset environment. I want to talk to you about you. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me a bit about your story. Like, why did you think of this? I mean, is it just you? Is there others? What's the deal? 
Uh, so we're quite a small team. We're quite a small business. So there's certainly a team that work on it, but, but it was myself that started it. Um, so after school, went to uni, yeah. uh, did commerce accounting. And where, where are you from? Which city? Uh, here in Sydney. Sydney. Here in Sydney. Yeah. So uh, went to uni, um, probably stuffed around in the, in the early bit of uni and didn't have a lot of, didn't really have a direction. I always knew that I wanted to get into business in some way, shape or form, but didn't quite know how that was going to eventually. But you didn't want to go and work for a chart accounting firm or anything like that? Well, after, you, after uni, I did work for a bank. Um, so I worked for, in banking for a little while and then I got into the automotive industry. So it's a big, big change. Yeah, it is a big change. <laughs> it is a big change. So for the past 15 years, been in auto. And then um, I've always taken a really keen interest on what's going on around me. So started to see that, you know, sharing, the sharing economy was yeah. uh, going really well. Yeah, and that encompasses a whole bunch of things, you know. So within that, you know, like you said, bike sharing, What's um, utilization? I mean, asset utilization. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, everyone sort of thinks, "Wow, what what a great idea!" But I mean, I, utilization of any asset should have happened a long time ago, um, as opposed to saying that's my car and I'm the only one's going to use it. I mean, utilization of an asset for a whole series of reasons, environmental reasons, um, you know, just economies of scale, etc. It just makes sense. It's utilization of capacity. Um, so it's just basic mathematics. Um, you know, I've got a car; I can use it you know, much more, I can get much better use out of it, marginal better use out of the utilisation, out of the asset by putting it on the street and letting anybody use it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, as opposed to people being inefficient, taking that asset, which costs quite a bit of money, leaving in a garage, it's a depreciating asset. So the whole thing just, it doesn't make sense. I, I think it's an industry, you know, um, that certainly is ripe for, being modified in yeah, some yeah, way, yeah. shape, or form. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's inefficient. Yeah. It's extraordinarily inefficient. We're taking something that that is was inefficient. inefficient. Yep. And trying to make it more efficient. Because I'm an, I'm now going to ask you, why did you get into this business? I mean, did you were you looking around at the mathematics of, of capacity? So it was probably more along a couple of other lines. So so I was in the audio industry. What does that mean? We uh, car retailing. No. Uh, Car dealerships. You're selling cars. Yeah, yeah. For, for a for a like a car yard. Yeah, dealerships. Yeah. Which one? Uh, so uh, my family, my father had a, a car dealership yep. business, and I went into that. Right. Okay. And uh, was Sydney. running that. Yep. Here yep. in Sydney. And I've that's, always that's mad. You're going. You're doing an accounting degree, and you're going into a dealership. That's that's crazy. That's fantastic. I yeah, love it. You know, it's it's a great industry. You know, the, the car industry. It, it, it's a wonderful is industry. Is it one of the franchised ones? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, you can say yeah, Toyota, Toyota and Lexus oh, and Volkswagen? I mean, like you know, you can't. You don't have to sell them. You just open the doors up, and people come running and buy those Hiluxes that like they go out the door in a second. You know, pretty popular cars. Yeah, totally. You know, for, for very good reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in the auto industry, and I've always taken a really keen interest in, uh, you know, just things that are going on around me. And, you know, started to see that, you know, the, the sharing economy um, was growing. Um, and, you know, within that, I guess, uh, related to myself, that the car sharing industry was growing, particularly in Europe and America. Um, I'm going to stop you there. Yep. People listening to this and they're saying, how did you come up with this idea? Where do you think it was? Did you, well, you read shit or, I mean, like, what do you do? You read all the Euro European magazines. You get, well, you're into that. well, how did you... Get yeah, around. Just, How'd you know about these things going on in America? I, I guess, uh, and I couldn't even pinpoint it to anything, but but just reading things, knowing what's going on. You know, there's so much in the in the car industry. There's so much change afoot. 
you know, and there's so much talk of, of change from a whole lot of different angles. You know, you've got uh, everything around autonomous vehicles and all the car companies working towards more autonomous features. You've got all the conversations around electrification of cars and the way that um, the, the, um, that will change the industry. But where do you, then, where, I mean, where do you access this stuff? I mean, like, because people would say, oh, okay, I work in uh, auto or I work in some other industry, it doesn't matter. But when did you, A, get time to access stuff and where did you access this stuff? I mean, wh- wh- where's this, where, would you read on the internet or did you, and I don't know, wh- where did you find this Yeah, re- read on the internet. You know, in the, in the car industry, it's, whilst it's a huge industry, you know, it's, it's quite, um, it's almost sort of niche in a way that, you know, that um, people participate in it. That's one of the really cool things about it. Is there a central place where, you know, Anthony Walsh can go and, I don't think so. I I don't think there was. But I think it's important just to take an interest in the industry that you're in. And, you know, particularly now, you know, with with the change and the innovation, and it's it's not limited, I'm sure, that to the car industry. Were you Um, looking for threats to your dad's franchise? Were you sort of, did you sort of say, fuck, what's happening out there? Is there going to be some issue for us in the future? I mean, was that, were you driven by? Not necessarily, not driven by that, not driven by that, but, but, you know. Was it just curiosity? Curiosity is probably the best way to put it, curiosity. But I think, you know, what, what teaches you to be curious is, you know, working in, 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 in an industry where uh, you've always got to try and be improving and, and be getting better. Well, how, and, look, I, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but I, I mean, up with these questions, but like you probably don't need to do that if, if you're in a Toyota Lexus environment because, to be honest with you, they do all the thinking for you in some respects. I mean, they're, they're pumping out the new vehicles, especially Lexus. I mean, they're pu- pumping out great outcomes, you know, 10-year prototypes for new cars. I mean, like, they do a thing for you. you just got to push it out. I mean, like, uh, why did you think? Why did Anthony think this? I mean, why did you – I mean, does everyone think like this in your industry or is it just you? Where did the curiosity come from? You know, to say that, you know, the the, the product, uh, you, you just got to push it out, you know, it's a super competitive industry. Hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different brands in Australia. Yeah, you know, for a market of just over a million vehicles, um, a year's old. Yeah, yeah. In the country, we've got almost fifty different brands. Yeah, but um, Toyota dominates. So, especially in the in the SUVs and stuff like that. So, Toyota does dominate. Yeah, absolutely, they yeah. do. Yeah, with very good reasons. Yeah, but um, but it's still um at the customer facing side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you still have to constantly be innovating. And you've got to be changing. And, and it's, what do you mean by that customer facing in terms of how you market and how you sell? Uh, well, Service, look after. Yeah, yeah in, a, in a dealership environment, we're the ones that interact with the, with the customers or, or our guests to the dealerships. So we're the ones that have to represent the brands. And yes, uh, you know, we're, we're backed by, you know, fantastic product. Absolutely. But um, we still have to keep innovating and changing uh, to meet the, our customers' expectations in terms of experience um, and what it's like to to deal with. So, who taught you that? Uh, working in that industry, you know, it's, or, or working at a Toyota franchise. Yeah, you know, very very fortunate. You know, what customers say, you know, is 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 the product and, and the product's fantastic. But uh, just to talk about. Toyota, you know, a, a wonderful organization that, that certainly have learned lots and lots from, you know, and there's a good reason, as you say, they do dominate and there's a very good reason why that is. Then all of a sudden there's this car sharing deal. So when did the light come on? Like what, what were you doing? Sitting there one, I think, hang on. I'm just going to say, tell the old man that I'm going to move out of here. I'm going to start running um, my own business. Tell us about that. 
so I'm still involved in the, in the um, still involved in, in the, the, the car dealership business. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so when I had to look at it a, a little bit further, you know, you've got this industry that's growing throughout the world. You know, the sharing economy and everything that's happening there, and car sharing as part of that uh, is growing. And uh, there's, there's a few different uh, modes, different ways of doing it, but it's certainly something that seems as though it's getting larger and, and gaining traction. And then uh, in Australia, so Popcast certainly didn't invent car sharing in Australia. We weren't the first ones to do it. Um, there was effectively one monopoly operator um, that was very well established and seemed as though they were really growing. Yeah, you know, so I love the discipline of the fact you didn't mention the name. I mean, that's, 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 see, that comes from someone who's used to working for a brand. Yeah. You don't mention another brand's name. But that's cool. I mean, I, I, see, that's just a little skill. That you've picked up coming out of a, a dealership of yeah, a particular okay. franchise, yeah. and I know you don't mention the name. Good on you. Okay, I won't either because I can't remember the name. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I can sort of see them. I know I see them parked at a certain place all the time. But go on. So you know when I looked at it and I thought, so you've got you've got a, a market where you've got one one operator, uh, in, in effectively a monopoly situation. Yeah, that market is growing. And that market is part of a broader industry, um, being the sharing economy, which in itself is is growing at the rate of knots. So, you know, I, I thought, you know, there's a market here, um, there's a space for another provider, and uh, there's a problem for customers that can be solved. You know, so what was, was the problem? Oh, you mean uh, you mean better this... use, better all the things, all the benefits that car sharing provides. Oh, okay, but, right. but you weren't providing a better. Service, so you, it was sort of something similar to the other mob. You just thought, thought thought you could jump in and take part of their market share. Absolutely, I thought there was the space for yeah. an, for another provider. Well, market and, uh, opportunity to knock knock off market share. Uh, absolutely, yeah. but, okay. but but nonetheless, you know, still have to try and differentiate from yeah. from the people that are in the market. So it was a combination of those things that I thought, you know, I think there's an opportunity here, and that's really what it was. I thought there's an opportunity here to but do something words, really cool. I know people say, "Oh, it was too late. Someone else already done that. Someone else already come up with that idea." I often say, if someone else comes up with the idea and it works, particularly if there's only one player in the market, that doesn't mean you can't go in. I mean, it just sometimes, like I, I brought Wizard into the market when Aussie and Rams were already there. Yeah. And within five years, I was bigger than both of them. Yeah. So it doesn't, I didn't, I mean, I, I took the view that offered a better distribution of, of the idea. My distribution was different to the way they did it, but nonetheless, we were non-bank, like they were non-banks, but they'd already had been there for three or four years before I came in. Yeah. So for all those people listening, oh, well, someone else come with the idea and it's too late, it's already been, that's bullshit. Um, uh, if there's, especially if there's only one player, there's room to take market share. You just have to be aggressive about it in terms of something like your distribution or your branding or your pricing or all of those things or your service or your proposition or the colour of your car, whatever. Um, and, uh, and don't ever be scared to get in there if someone's already done it. Sometimes it's better that someone's already done it because you're not going to make the early mistakes. You can just sort of pretty much what, look at the mistakes they might have made. And I guess in the space that we're in when it comes to car sharing, you know, so it's a new thing. You know, it hasn't been around for 50 years. So there's still a lot of awareness and education that has to go on just to let people know that that's an option that, that exists. So the market's not saturated. You know, that's the space for us. So just tell me um, – you're sitting there down, you're talking, thinking about this idea, you know, I can, and we'll come back to this later, but, you know, you come up with the name Pop Cars, which you know, is pretty cool, pretty interesting name, it's, it's modern, and you think to yourself, well, I'm going to roll out these cars. What do you just have? Would you just roll out one car? I mean, if someone was sitting there listening to this and going, hang on, how did they do it? Like, how did he do it? 
was one car. So when we first, I think we initially started with five. Five cars. Yeah. And what do you, do you go buy them or, were they Toyotas? Uh, there were Toyotas. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, yep. so, and were they Toyotas which were, come out of your uh, yep. used car pool or were they come out no, of brand, your- No, brand new cars. Brand new cars, of course. Okay. So brand, brand not new demos, cars. Not demos? No, no, brand new cars. Brand new cars. So you're obviously able to buy them at the right price, but there's not that much margin in a car anyway. So you're, you're pretty much paying close to retail. There's, there's you know, a couple yeah, thousand absolutely. bucks in it. So, um, so you're, you're able to get cars, um, and you, you, you sat down and chose the cars, which you think are going to be appropriate for, you know, your customer base. So you, you put on five cars. Um, just tell us how you started this thing up. Like what, what happened? What did they have? I got five cars. Great. We had to build a website. You had to build a brand. You had to build marketing. You had to find spaces to put the cars. You had to build systems. All those things. So how long did it take? What you do? Yeah, it, it took, it took a while. Um, how long is that though? Give everyone an idea. Like we're talking uh, about two you know, years or five yeah. years or no, probably you know it. Um, it was sort of twelve to eighteen months though. Yep. The whole thing kind of sort of took um, because it's ready to launch. Yeah, yeah. It it so it, it so it took a while because a big part of it is the technology, of course. So the way people interact with us is they reserve their vehicle online, uh, and uh, there's technology that they interact with there. Um, there's technology in the cars so that the cars know who um who has a reservation so you, had, not, you have you had to install yep um had to do all that and all, and all this software and hardware it's it's not like accounting software where you can just sort of go to a shop and pull one off the shelf you know it's pretty specialized so there were there were a lot of challenges there You're absolutely finding the the technology uh, to be able to use the software finding the hardware to be able to use in the cars uh trying to set up the brand you know, and and figuring out how the brand looks, how it feels, you know, how you how you want customers to to feel about it, and connect with it, finding spaces to put the cars. But it's all it was all a step by step. I, I remember years ago reading Richard Branson's book, which I'm sure a lot of people have read, and and I, and I remember him telling the story about how he started Virgin Atlantic, and you know, you got this ginormous concept. You know, you want to start an airline, and I, I remember when reading that how he just ran through the steps that he took, you know, like for, for most people, they'd be thinking, wow, you know, it's such an audacious grand, that, grand yeah. thing. But he just sort of sat down and said, right, what do I need? Well, I need an airplane. So he got on the phone and found out who sold airplanes and said, right, okay, now I need someone to finance their airplane. So who does that? And got on the phone and did that and, and, and just did it step by step. And I remember being so inspired about that and thinking, wow, you know, like it, it is just literally sit down, what's step number one, what's step number two, what's step number three. And for us in setting this up, yeah, it was hard, you know, that, you know, there are a lot of points where you could say this, this is all too freaking hard, you know, and uh, getting told no or things not working, but, um, but just kept pushing through it. And, you know, and we, we've got a, we've got a business that's up and going and, and, it, you know, glad went through it all. Well, well you, I think you've been a little modest. So we're going to go to the break, but when we come back for the break, Here's your chance, Anthony Welsh, to inspire people as to the steps, just okay. like Richard Branson did to you, right? Yeah. Because we've got listeners here, right? And they're all, you know, the idea of me getting guests on is to inspire my listeners and not only inspire my listeners, but actually give them some instruction. You're a person who's been through this process. You've now got a business up and running. You know, sure, you might have leaned on Richard Branson's book about Virgin Atlantic, but I want you to give us, you know, Virgin Atlantic, it's a, it's a global business, right? So, like, this is an Australian business which is only a couple of years old, you're fresh in terms of what you did more recently. Branson is like 20 years old in terms of his concept. I'd like you to explain to us what were the steps. We're going to come back and talk about the steps that you took 
to launch your business? Did you find some cars? Did you find some finance? Etc. Etc. Okay, now, great. I want you to break it down. Okay, great. So I'm back from the break, and I'm here with Anthony Walsh, and he's from a business called Popcars. It's his business. Um, you guys are listening, girls are listening. You probably think to yourself, "Oh, well, yeah, he's like his dad was a in the car industry, and they're able to buy the cars and you know all that sort of stuff." And he probably had a bit of dough behind him. Yeah, but I, okay, I get it. That 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 sort of makes a bit of sense. You know, they're probably going to afford five cars, but there's probably a whole lot of other stuff they could afford too. But at the end of the day, I don't want to un- undermine this because there's a lot of risk you're taking with that money. Um, but there's a million steps in between before you actually launch. And it's a big deal to launch. Anthony mentioned that he got someone inspired by Richard Branson's book about Virgin Atlantic. Um, but I really want to talk to Anthony about what he can give to us today to inspire you listening to maybe, you know, start up your own business um, as whether it's a big deal or a small deal. So let's just go back, Anthony, about what were the steps what was the first thing you did? Did you go and talk to your dad or did you find the car like Richard Brands found the airplane or did you go to a finance company? What did you do? So the very first thing was, uh, as I said, it's a, it's a technology business in, in a lot of respects. So I had to find the software and the hardware to, to make uh, what I wanted to do possible. Did you start using someone else's share, share vehicles? Did you jump in someone else's share vehicle and sort yeah, of see, absolutely. What, see what the experience was absolutely, like? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Do you get, take a photograph of whatever it is that you use to uh, credit card, whatever it is that you use to identify yourself when you got in the car? The, that technology, that, like you don't really sort of see it, it's put into the car. Right. right? So I uh, hunted around for who may be able to persist mm. with the software to be able to make it happen. In the end, we partnered with a, a business based in Europe and they had a, a system that I thought that we would be able to a, adapt and, and use here. What does it mean you partner with them? You gave me a share of the business or what? No, 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 no. It was just a, a, a we purchased and um, we purchased the the software from them. So they're a vendor to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you didn't partner with you. So I just want I want people to understand the steps. So you didn't give a share of the business. No, no. Didn't you, give ended a share a, of the business. you you ended in a deal. You bought or licensed to, to their technology. To yeah. their technology, yep. right? And then found. But uh, how did you do that? You? How did you do that? Again, you know, just uh, research. You know, re- research who could uh, and a lot of phone calls. That's that's really what it yeah, is, yeah. you know. Research, picking up the phone, trying to talk to people, and and uh, you know whether it be over the phone or via email, but just a lot of reach outs, you know. And so then uh, had to find the technology to to put into the car. So in every single one of our cars, we've got a computer that's there uh, that communicates with the software and makes the whole service possible. Uh, so again, leveraged off the the company that we used in Europe to help find a, uh, a hardware provider for the, the tech in the cars. A lot of trial and error in terms of getting that to work here in Australia um, because you're reliant upon our telecommunication systems. Well, how'd you do it? Did you do it in your backyard or did you do it at the franchise? Or No, no, we, we, we just tested it, you know, tested it out in, in various spots and, and um, made sure it all worked and found out lots of ways it didn't work and all the rest of it. And then a really big challenge was finding the locations to put the vehicles. So, yeah, how does that work? I mean, you go to council or something. How does that work? Yep. So, for for the most part, most of our vehicles out there, they are in uh, dedicated bays parked out in the streets. 
right? So, um, and again, for the most part, in we do that in cooperation with the local councils. So you pay a rental for you pay a rental fee for pop cars. They, as, they all work in, in a different way. Every council has right. a has a different structure, but um, we work with the councils. And and again, in, in you know, some councils effectively tell us the places where the cars are going to be. Some councils ask for us to give some uh, input into to where the, the the space should be. And how did you decide which councils and which areas to go to? Yeah, that that was that was really tough. So we the, the areas that we the ones that we started with were the ones that uh, were most open to to working with with us. Um, so uh, some councils that I approached in in the very beginning, and that that was one of the part, tough parts. And that's one of the parts where I could have said, oh, you know, this this is this is all too hard. The um the council, some of the councils that I approached uh, in the very beginning. Uh, you know, it was perhaps uh, all too challenging to um, to look at either bringing car sharing in or bringing another operator in. So that that was a, a tough part. But you know, um, the councils that we work with uh, now, you know, are fully behind it. They're, they're fantastic. Do you have to identify green councils. When I say green councils, a council dominated by the Greens, or, or like for example, so you're in you're in Byron Bay, are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, because I mean, what's the sell to the council? I mean, it's not the revenue. What's the sell to the council? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Is it, is it environmental? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, most councils have uh, sustainability plans. Mm. And uh, looking for ways to introduce sustainable transport into communities, right? So, you, so that's their incentive, and that's what they're motivated by. And and also just seeing better services delivered to the, the residents and the people that live there. And um, so that's what they're motivated by. And what what happens when they've already got a, a dude in there doing this? I mean, like, how, how do you how do you sort of elbow yourself into sharing? Yeah, that that, that, that was a challenge in the in the beginning. Um, uh, some councils had policies around car sharing, but but I really found in the very beginning that they were policies that were almost constructed um, around there just being one person there. Mm. So we're, we've done it. We're, we're sweet. We've yeah, complied with our kinda, sustainability kinda like policy. That. Yeah. So um, you know, so that that was a little challenging in the in the first instance, but m- most councils, you know, they've got an interest in delivering competition. And uh, and better service to to the residents. So, uh, you know, by having uh, just one operator of anything, I guess, you know, that doesn't necessarily deliver the the best outcomes to to the residents or to the customers. Um, so we're motivated to see they're all they're all for the most part motivated to see uh, sustainable transport increase um, and uh, bringing competition to 
you know, the, the market that we're in uh, is only good for the industry. You know, the, really, the, the, like I was saying, the awareness of car sharing as an option you know, it's still relatively low for the most part. Um, so the more that car sharing can be talked about, uh, just better for the industry, you know, and and better for sustainable transport. So, you know, you've covered off a few things. So you, you've obviously got your hardware and your software sorted because that's an important Oh, yep, yep. Um, you had to build your website. Yep, absolutely. So People got to be able to go somewhere to do the booking. Yep. Um, that's, that's probably... That was one that's of the, just a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there'd be complications and complexities in yeah. there, but it's a normal thing to yeah. build a website. How did you build awareness? I mean, how did you tell people to use Popcar? Yeah, right. Okay, so that was probably the most challenging thing. Totally. So, um, so it was, uh, you know, get, getting the getting the system and, and being able to provide that service. Um, it was then dealing with with councils and and finding places to put the cars. But then the absolute hardest thing is then getting people awareness. to use the cars. Awareness. And I always expected it to be difficult, but I probably have to say it's been a lot harder than uh, what I expected. So was it digital or a combination of digital, PR? What, what, what did you do? Did you advertise on radio? I mean, what did you do? No, we didn't do any sort of uh, traditional advertising. Yeah. So no uh, print or radio and, and that stuff's expensive anyway. So You went digital, obviously. So it was all it was all digital. Yeah. Um and we did a lot of physical marketing activations. We we did a lot of that. A lot What's of What's that mean? So out in a in a local shopping area or okay. pop ups um, and stuff. Yeah, like that. That, that, that sort of stuff. Kiosking and yeah, absolutely. So, so we've, we've just done to a quickly whole explain what that means because I know what it means. But what is, what are, yeah. I guess no, so so trying to find a high traffic area somewhere where we're at and and um, being there physically trying to interact with yeah. people. You stand you know? there and show you show, show absolutely. you gear. Show absolutely. What it is. absolutely. So for uh, for car sharing, there's uh, you know our ideal user is somebody that lives really close to where that car is because the whole idea is it's meant to be like it's your own car. Yeah. Uh, so it's got to be easily accessible. You've got to be able to walk to it. If you want to use it every day, you've got to be able to walk. You don't want to catch a bus home. No, you yeah. don't want to have to catch a bus there or a train there. So it's got to be uh, close to where you live. So our, our target market really lives in a really close proximity to around where that car is. Okay, clone me a, clone me a, a user. Tell me what we're looking at. Who are they? The university student, or they're twenty-two years old, or forty-eight years. Old, what are we looking at? Clone me a user. It's easy, probably, to think, and a lot of people do think that you know the ideal car share user is someone who's, you know, uh, young and uh, you know and uh, open to everything sharing. Yeah, the reality is is that it's really applicable to so many people. So our customers uh, now, our members now. Uh, uh, started at 18 years old, and and we've got members who are in their 70s. Well, where, where where's your, where are you most dense? I mean, where's your uh, greatest population? Yeah, so around the 35 to 50 mark right. is, is and where. And when you're at university, when you did your, I mean, here's a good example. When you did your statistical, did you do stats? You, you must have done stats. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Quant methods, they used to call yeah, it. I don't know if they yeah. still call that. Um, and quantitative, the second. Uh, subject in quant methods is um, about s- proper statistic analytics. You would have learned about how to build a population, and um, and also then within with, you know in, on a proper graph, and you know show where your population and where the mean and the median were, and you know your various um what do they call it uh, the, the six sigma where all your standard deviations are yep. from the mean. Yep. You know, and so but you know where they sort of are. Did you sort of ever sit down and do that in terms of your customer base today? I mean, have you sort of done that analytics? 
you know, who who we thought might be, and, and you know, well, no, the, who are, I'm talking about who who currently who are. are. Yeah, so absolutely. We, you you know, do those analytics. Yeah, today. absolutely. No, yeah. no. So we we do that. We, you know, we work really hard on our um, membership experience, right? And part of that, um, we think, is really understanding who the members are. Because at the end of the day, particularly today, using digital media, you've got to know who yes. to target. Absolutely. And you've got to be able to clone them. Absolutely. And, say, and then you go along to, unfortunately, you go along to Google and uh, Facebook and you say, that's who I want. Find me in this area, which is Darlinghurst. You know, uh, I want to buy a 1,000 people who live in Darlinghurst who are near this parking bay where we have one of our pop cars um, and this is what they look like. Find them and talk to them. I'll pay you for that. I mean, aren't we, isn't that what we're talking about? Absolutely. So they, uh, you know, just uh, more generally, I guess, you know, data is important and understanding in, in that respect how to go and acquire people, how to communicate with the people that are a potential yeah, what audience. Do we talk to them? How do we talk to them? Um, understanding that is super important. Yeah. And um, because you're going to make every dollar count. Yeah. And number one, we've, we've got to be talking to the right people. And we've got to make sure that we're maximizing, you know, the money that we're investing in terms of trying to reach those people and talk to those people. But understanding that the data around usage also very, very important, of course. So we've got to determine where best to place these cars. Cars are expensive. We can't, uh, you know, we've got to make sure we're placing them where we're going to get maximum usage, usage out yeah, of them. Totally. So, because um, that's the whole concept. Absolutely, it's about usage of you know the fifty thousand, whatever it is, it cost to buy the Toyota Corolla, whatever it is you're putting there. How do I get, you know, that money back in what a short period of time? Like, absolutely. So we're selling hours, you know. Yep. So we've got a car out there; it's there for twenty four hours, and our goal is to try and get that used for as much of that twenty four hours as we possibly can. So do you do you, do you break the car price down into hours? Do you sort of say yeah, it's a fifty thousand dollar car? Well, let's make it easy. So twenty four thousand dollar cars, twenty four hours in a day. That means I need a th- um, thousand days or something like that. Do, do you actually sit down and do that yeah, breakdown? Yeah, we, we work all that out. Um, the way people pay for um, uh, or charge for using Popcar, of course, the whole service is about paying for what you use. Yeah, you know, which is the really cool thing about you, you know everything sharing. You know, you pay for what you use, not just to own. So people pay by the hour and they pay by the kilometer that's driven as well. So it really is what they use. But absolutely, it's about uh, figuring out you know how much usage we're going to get out of a car and, and making it all balance off the back of that. When it, when anything says to to us in a, in a very modest way, oh, this is about a technology play. Actually, he's being very modest. This is about a very it's not complicated, but it's in depth. Mathematical analy- and, and analytics of the data, which talks talks to the usage, the cost, and um, placement, you know where it sits, and, and efficiencies. That's what he's talking about here. That that's what the business is all about. Yeah, really. and I love that aspect of it. That's what yeah, it's about. It's 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 awesome to try and figure out. You know what's going to work, how it's going to work, how people are using well, it. It doesn't work. Move it hundred meters. Absolutely, meters. absolutely. You know, and there's and there's a lot of that as well. So, um, you know, it's a really cool aspect of that. Yeah, no, hundred percent is cool. So, how many cars you got now? So we've got uh, pretty close to two hundred. Wow, two hundred cars. Yeah, and, and you're in Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Canberra, Canberra, and Byron Bay. Byron Bay. Also, and, uh, I mean, I, I'm a, uh, I mean, I have a farm, Byron, uh, not in Byron Bay, but the back of Byron Bay. 
So uh, why someone like Byron Bay? That's a bit uh, out there relative. Like you're not in Brisbane, but you're in Byron. Or is that because of coronavirus or something? But No, no. Byron came about, uh, number one, it's a really cool area. area you know, the, the, uh, the connection people have with, with Byron Bay, we really wanted to participate up there. Um, we saw it as a great opportunity to be able to, with so many people in a previous life who would travel from Melbourne or Sydney and holiday there, it would be a really good way to be able to connect with people whilst they were on holidays, educate them about car sharing existing hopefully back in their home city. But the opportunity came about because of Byron Council, yeah. really progressive, um, really wanted to see uh, car sharing exist and sustainable transport exist and and they wanted it in, introduced and they uh, held a tender for that. And we were successful in, in oh, good being able to provide it up there. I'm all for less cars in Byron Bay, by the way, because it's actually bursting at the seams, Byron Bay, in terms of the numbers of the cars there. Um, and into, what type of cars are you? I mean, the Toyotas, but maybe ju- not just Toyotas, but are you doing vans as well as? I mean, yeah, uh, so, what, what do we got here? So we, we do a whole range of things because people use this in different ways. Yep. So we've got customers that um, may use Pop Car for, say, their second or third car you know, still have one uh, that they own themselves and they use this for a second or third car. We've got then customers that use this as their only car, only access to vehicles. Uh, We've then also got customers and members that use us for that infrequent once-off for a special type of car, you know, like a van, for example. You got to pick up something from Bunnings. Absolutely. You know, and the cool thing about what we do is that, uh, you know, we can play a part, um, you know, we can be... Uh, one of those to you know everybody you know so you can use pop car daily um you can or you can use pop car infrequently you could use it once every two years and um but it's having the the key to all of our cars in your back pocket for when you want to use it T- take me through how someone becomes a pop car user what are they going to do so it's super easy so the the way that the whole thing works is people join our service so you go to popcar.com that's it, it popcar.com.au yep. Uh, people join our service you online register. or you can certainly call us and we'll help you through that process. But it's a quick and easy uh, subscription process. Uh, you then get access to all of our vehicles. What is you got a map with dots on it? Yep, absolutely. Yep. So um, that's exactly what we got. Uh, you then, when you want to use it, you go onto the app and you reserve the car that you want. Or again, you can call us and we can help you through that. Uh, you then use the car as you wish and returning it back to the place that you picked it up from. Uh, the cars themselves are parked out amongst the streets. As I said, we do that for the most part in cooperation with local councils. Uh, the cars are accessed via like a credit card, swiping a credit card to access the car. And the cars are all owned by us. So we look after them, we maintain them, we clean them, we, we do everything that goes along with owning a car. We do that for you. Then in terms of payment for the cars, as I said, you pay for what you use, and that includes everything that goes along with it. You know, the fuel, the the rego, the insurance, All I do is the service. You just char- you just charge you for using the car. That's I just it. charge you for using the car. You use it. We take care of everything else. What did COVID do to you? Yeah, so I mean, what a what a crazy time. You know, I would have thought it'd improve your business. So you know, looking looking back upon it now, you know, we operate in Sydney and Melbourne, and, and uh, you know, it's almost been sort of two different stories. You know, in, in recent months there. Talking about in Sydney, yes, people have certainly come to us. So, so we've we've grown quite substantially during this period, which is interesting. You know, back in back in you know when the world was starting to fall apart, what was that March, April? 
you know, I thought, geez, you know, we're in the business of people moving around and, you know, all this is happening. What are we going to do? But, you know, we sat down and we thought, right, well, how can we respond to this? And so uh, we changed our method. Well, in actual fact, what we did in the very beginning was we went to our members and we significantly, for a limited time, significantly reduced what our rates were, mm. you know, and uh, I think that was well received. You know, we, we, we did that. Yeah, that was the time when, you know, we're talking about, you know, the, the, what was the language that the Prime Minister was using, putting the economy into a coma and, you know, everyone's got to chip in. And and so we did that back then. And, and I think that was well received. We changed our messaging, um, you know, and, and really we're working to highlight the the aspects of, you know, it, it being a safe environment, you, you, you can control it, your own environment. But what, what What's the outcome? You're so, better off, I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we've grown quite substantially yeah, yeah. during that period. Yeah, I would have thought. Um, so. But some businesses have come out of this looking great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's strange, isn't it? You know, the the uh, so we've grown quite quite substantially uh, in terms of members and usage. Um, that's in New South Wales. Yeah, Victoria, um, but leave Victoria alone because it's an aberration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it, it'll come good, and it is now it, for it's us. It's just an aberration. Yeah, like, but it's going to come good. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. My view. That's my view because I got a business down there, but it's the same. I'm just, it's just a little bit. Been comatose a little bit longer than we were in Sydney. That's yeah, all. absolutely. So, no, it's been good for us. You know, we, we're giving people an option to be able to move around, you know, at a time when people are worried and looking for different options. And, you know, what it's probably done is sparked, you know, people's curiosity and, hey, it's a time for change. Um, you know, what other options are out there? So we've been able to provide a service that's, you know, kind of almost suited the times in, in, mm. in a lot of respects, you know. And so suits it's, the future too, by the way. Absolutely. So it's been good for us in, in that respect. And, it, and it's great to see, you know, people coming to it and realising that it's an option that's available to them. Um, so it's been really good in that respect. You know, be, look, before, like up. if you don't mind me saying this, before the whole cell was environmental and maybe some efficiencies before COVID, post-COVID it's, it's a more, more a, um, a practical cell. It's much easier. To, to sell the, the use of a share vehicle without having to get into a whole conversation about environment. That's a hard conversation. I mean, it's, it's difficult to talk about it. It's a bit like talking about, well, I'll, t- I'll teach you how to become wealthy. That's yeah. a hard conversation, yeah. but I can tell you how to get a home loan. Yeah. That's an easy conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the this is, a, this is much more practical now. Yeah, absolutely. COVID has actually taught us to be practical. practical. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think... That's the big thing that's come out of this, and people and people have gone and tried these things. Yes, and they're going, oh, shit, this is pretty easy, uh, as opposed to Mark, go and try this uh, process about sharing a vehicle, but because it's environmentally a good idea, and you know, okay, I get it, I get it, but like, no, I'm just not going to go down that track. But if all of a sudden I I tried it during this period when I had time, and I went, fuck, it's pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes sense because I need a van or I just need a car to do this, that, and the other. Um, that's sensible stuff, practical stuff, and COVID has actually brought out a lot of practicality for me. Mm. Everyone keeps whinging about COVID. I get it. It's tough. It's it's really hurt some people big time, big, big, big time. But I have to tell you, a lot of good shit's come out of this too. It's made us sit down and think. Absolutely. Become inventive and creative. Um, it's it's taught us about ourselves. We've all gone through a yes. tough time. Every, no one's made as much money. And, you know, during that period, you know, pretty much, as you said, it was in a coma. We weren't, couldn't make money. But all of a sudden, you know, we survived it. And we're tougher for it, is my view. All businesses are tougher for it. I don't give a shit whether your business is about to fall over. Everyone's business is tougher for this. Much more robust, much better. I'm going to run short of time. I'm getting um, wound up here by our producer. What one question do you want to ask me? 
you know, I'm super interested in in how um, successful people product uh, stay productive, right? And and how people uh, seem to achieve so much. You know, the systems and the tools that people use, especially I guess when they're involved in things that are growing or a whole variety of things. That, as I know that you're involved in uh, so many things. Are there any particular tools or structures that that you've used in the past to, to help you? Uh, stay productive and get through so much. Um, no, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, there's not. I mean, there's not. There's no um, panacea for the problem you just raised. I'm a I'm a dedicated and uh, openly admit that I'm a backfiller. So why not prioritise? What I got to do? I got a list of ten. I can only do two or three. Um, but I'm always um, backfilling on the seven or eight that I missed out on. So I guess what I'm really good at is um, I've become really good at is actually to be able to one, prioritise and then be conscious of what it is I'm not looking after and then quickly chase after that and backfill it and or get someone to do the backfilling for me. So what I mean by backfilling is um, attending to those things that I need to attend to, which I didn't have time to do because of my prioritisation. And one thing is I have learned in the, over the years is make sure I allocate a lot of a more time to every task than I first assume it's going to be it's going to take me. So if I allocate an hour to something, it's usually going to take two hours. And I've also worked out that I need space between each task, a little bit of space. That could be travelling time. It could be just sitting down have a coffee. It just clear my head to get on to the next task. And a lot of because a lot of times the tasks aren't related. So one task might be about mentor. The other task might, might be about Yellow Brick Road. They're completely different businesses. And the other task might be about a technology business I'm involved in, or it might be looking at uh, my hotel uh, you know, that we have. You know, talking to my son about how we sort shit out there. Um, so that requires you to sort of change your mindset, your your, your train of thought, um, because it's a completely different topic. So for me, it's all about. Sunday night, I have systems and structures in my life. Sunday night, um, I'm getting ready for Monday morning. Monday morning, I get up very early and I set my, I plan my week and I plan Monday. But I don't expect to do on Tuesday what I thought about I'm going to do on Monday. So I just plan it. Tuesday morning, I get up and I say, okay, what did I do on Monday? What didn't I do on Monday that I need to do now? What's a priority? And and what am I going to roll out for today? What am I going to roll out for Tuesday? And I just do that every single day of the week, including Saturday, because always I have a, a um, overflow on Saturday from what I didn't do on during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I do this every week, prioritizing, and but then I set aside a day for myself. Sunday's mine. Sunday night is quite an important night to me. So Sunday night, Sunday evening, um, I just sit down and clear my head because, you know, like I've got to get a good sleep Sunday night for Monday because I've got to be business ready Monday morning. I'm always trying to get myself business ready on Sunday night. And that's about clearing my head so I can sleep properly as, as opposed to going, oh, shit, I've got to, yep. tomorrow's Monday, I've got a whole lot of shit to do. I don't think about what I've got to do. I actually, I, I spend maybe half an hour thinking about just quickly looking through my diary, working out what I've got to do. But I don't get into it as such. I just look at it, think, okay, I've got a sense of it. I've got like a, a space. I've got, the, I've, got a, I've got in my head spatially. And then I just, I, I sit there and I think about nothing. I clear my head from that. I try to go to bed with a clear head. It doesn't always work, but I wait. Then Monday morning, I know I'm going to get up. I say, okay, I'm going to look at this Monday morning and I'm going to prioritise all my shit Monday, Monday morning when I want to get up. So it makes me not think about it too much Sunday night. 
that that's a, a game I play with myself. I'm gaming myself the whole time. So prioritizing, gaming, backfilling, and never expecting to achieve all the things I wanted that I set down. I, I don't put high expectations on myself and put pressure on myself. Took me a long time to work that shit out, but that's my. It's not a software or program that I use, but I guess it's my own software um, that I use, and uh, you know, it's a something in my own brain. Um, and it's it's come about through years and years and years of being a fa- of failing on on any one particular day to cover all my ground, um, and just accepting that I can't cover everything off because I like I probably do ten I'm probably involved in ten different today ten different adventures business adventures aside from I've got a family too so you know there's that part of it as well so yeah I, I guess the best thing is being um, uh, uh, acknowledging certain things, prioritizing certain things, accepting that I won't get everything done, backfilling where I can, and then just repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. That's that's how I do it. And I've been doing that for a long, 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 long time. Um, and uh, as I get older, I find I've got more and more things, more and more things to put into the formula. That, it's, it's interesting. As you get older, you think, everyone thinks, oh, wow, you know, I want to turn 65 and 70, I want to retire, whatever it is. And um, for some of us, um, it's actually – and my, my life is going to become really simple. For some of us, actually, your life becomes more complex. Um, well, you've got more moving parts. And so that requires you to be really healthy mentally and physically. So I have many more moving parts today at my age than I ever had ever. So I therefore, um, I priority mine is health, mental and physical health, like mental acuity and uh, my my ability to be physically be able to do everything. So I'm I'm practicing this shit all the time, all the time. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, wonderful. Very nice to have you. That's a. This is a. I love businesses that compete in the mathematics of capacity. Yes. Which is you describe your business as technology. I would say you use technology to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just love the the mathematics of capacity and marginal utilization of yeah. time. So important. Absolutely. This is the thing we have limited amounts. I don't give a shit how rich you are. You have limited amount of time. Absolutely. And uh, that's one thing you can- we're all lacking from. 100%. You can't increase the amount of time. You can just increase the amount of efficiency for the time it's allocated Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great great podcast. Thanks very much. No, thanks very much for having me. It was fun. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.